0: Welcome to the HeartLed Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Abby McGrew, and today I am so thrilled to be chatting with Mackenzie Jorns. She's the founder of Protea, which is a female-founded skincare movement on a mission to propel skincare confidence through holistic products and a revolutionary esthetician match service, which connects you with skincare professionals based on your unique skin's needs and their specialties. As a biracial woman, her skin has a unique composition that was often overlooked, as were all of her siblings. Her family's unique experience was her inspiration to start Protea's skin support consultation platform. Mackenzie is just such a pleasure and joy to chat with. I'm so excited for you to learn and be inspired by her story. So let's jump straight to the episode. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. So I always start by asking people, what was your dream job as a kid? Because I always think it's interesting to hear what you first
1: thought you'd be doing career-wise and then what you actually ended up doing so okay this is interesting I have I have a lovely mom who keeps all of she kept all of my like kiddo drawings and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. there is a page that has my list of what I want to be when I grow up and it has artist painter model store owner so I'm like, okay, I clearly wanted to go in some type of creative direction mm-hmm. that had autonomy is the mm-hmm. way that I, I look at it. But I actually wanted to major in studio art and ended up majoring in journalism because my dad was like, Mackenzie, how are you going to support yourself with a <laughs> studio art degree? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, but yeah, I think a uh, store owner, I had a little like side business of It was called MJ Designs, which is funny because now that's my married initials. My initials before were MH, now it's MJ. So MJ Designs, and I used to like try and sew like clothes and like sell them. And yeah, it was a whole thing. But yeah.
0: But yeah, but I love that because I mean, I believe to be any kind of entrepreneur, you have to be a bit creative, maybe not in like the artsy sense, but you've got to be a creative problem solver. And it sounds like that was already stuff that you were kind of thinking about even as a kid. So that's really cool. But yeah, I would love to dive into your story of how you started Protea and how did you decide that you wanted to build a skincare business? Like what were you doing before? And then how did you come across the idea to start the business?
1: So everything that I was doing before adds up. So, you know, hindsight looking back, I'm like, wow, every job that I had before was really leading me to what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Managing a team, managing deadlines, high stress, continuous high stress cuz entrepreneurship is it's a marathon, not a sprint, and so you're having to still think creatively, but you have a ton of pressure. And so my previous jobs in government contracting Technology for the Department of Defense specifically was high stress, high quick turnaround times. That really helped as well as learning how to copyright and write compelling and comprehensive kind of thoughts and breaking down technical aspects into ways that regular, you know, me and you can understand and so that whole career with government contracting and technology and working with actually a government contracting startup really led me to this as far as career wise. And then knowing that I wanted to do this really came from my journey with Lyme disease. So I had Lyme mm-hmm. disease. I was diagnosed as a freshman, second semester freshman in college. And I was just like losing a ton of weight. My, I came home, my parents were like, Wait, where's the freshman 15? I like, you've lost the freshman 15. What's going on? And I remember one night I woke up and I had been getting night sweats and I had been saying, Hey, like, mom and dad, something's not right. I'm getting these like night sweats, fevers, tons of fevers, the flu like symptoms that they tell you with Lyme disease. And I went into my parents' room and I woke up my mom and I'm like, Come feel my bed. Like, this is not normal. And so then went and got tested and all of that jazz after many misdiagnoses, finally got the diagnosis of Lyme disease. And with that came, okay, you need a whole lifestyle change. We're going to marry Western and Eastern medicine together, meaning you got to get rid of all your skincare products and you have to start Mm -hmm. with a more holistic, more natural, organic approach to what you're putting on your body since your skin's your largest organ And so I did a deep dive into skincare because I could not find somebody to help me. Like, all I wanted to do was to be able to go to somebody and say, hey, this is the problem I'm having. What are the correct skincare products for me? And I could not find anybody online. And this was back in 2014, 2015. Couldn't find anybody. And so then I started doing a ton of research, became the kind of go-to gal in my friend circle actually started also making coconut oil before coconut oil really became like a thing in skincare products, making mm-hmm. like little jars of body butter and selling it in college. <laughs> and so that just goes on with like the, you know, entrepreneurial journey. But mm-hmm. so I started making those because that's what I needed. And yeah, fighting the Lyme disease journey and couldn't find anybody to help. So I learned a ton and I started helping my friends with their skincare issues And really trying to educate them. And then fast forward to COVID. Everybody's getting into skincare. Everybody's asking me for advice. And like, hey, I'm helping friends of friends. They should really be like, I should monetize this. Mm -hmm. And so with my tech background, I built just a simple booking website. Just a one-to-one situation. And people would book. And by the time I went back to work, I had just left on maternity leave when COVID started. So by the time I went back, I had a three month old and 40 clients. I was like, okay, I can't continue to keep this up with my newborn. And I was at an executive level at another startup and too much. So I tried to find something where I could send my clients to virtually and nothing existed. And so two years later, I'm like, all right, Nothing still exists that's totally product agnostic. I have to build this. And product agnostic, meaning a consultation where you can go and feel 100% confident that somebody's not going to recommend products just because they get a kickback or mm-hmm. because they're affiliated with a brand. It's truly you're being recommended the correct products for you. And we do that with our business model of Are estheticians keeping the bulk of their rate. So rather than having to count on selling products, they just count on getting their rate for their time. Mm -hmm. I kind of went really long-winded there. No, it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So anyway, that's kind of how I got to where we are today was just a problem that I personally had. And then created a solution for it for my friends and realized that there was a gap in the industry. And two years later, 2020, at the end of 2022, I quit my full-time job to build our MVP. And we launched March 23rd, 2023, my second son's first birthday. And yeah, it's been a wild ride ever since.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, I think it's always so inspiring when like people, you know, do something just because it's what they need first. And then they kind of realize, oh, wait, this is much bigger than me. (laughs) This is something that a lot of people need. They just didn't kind of realize that it was possible that like something that could exist. And it also kind of sounds like, I mean, you said, you know, all of your Previous careers and you know, background was kind of helping to prepare you to create this very unique offering as a business. But do you also feel like it was kind of the right timing? Because I just think about going through COVID like, one a lot of people wanting, like, virt- I don't know, doing things kind of yeah. virtually, like having like virtual consultations for all sorts of different things, but also. I think personally as a consumer skincare has become a lot more confusing lately mm-hmm. <laughs> because with TikTok and everything like there are just so many opinions and people yep. giving advice and so beyond the worrying about if someone is being biased in what they're recommending because maybe they're getting a kickback whether it's you know an esthetician getting kickback for certain products that they push or influencers getting kicked back for the products that they're (laughs) recommending there's just there's a lot of noise out there and so it's amazing that you've been able to create something that can be trusted but feels like the right timing that like that's what people need as well
1: yeah the timing it was just such a beautiful like symbiotic relationship with like the timing of the world and where we were And then the timing of where I was in my life that I felt like I I was not prepared to be an entrepreneur right out of college. Mm -hmm. I needed that time to work in corporate America, to just see how a business is run, what I would do, what I wouldn't do, how to manage people. That's a whole thing. And so learning all of that, finally, after 10 years, of having a typical corporate career, I felt like I was ready. And then having the world shut down and having people more interested in virtual care, it just was like the perfect time. Mm -hmm. And I noticed too, people were coming out with my concept, like trying to do what I was doing, but nobody was doing it the way that I thought it needed to be done. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I just need to do this because clearly there's a need, but nobody's hitting it the way that I see that it needs to be hit. Mm. yeah,
0: so I'm curious, because, like you said, you you started as a new mom, and everything like, what did those first few months look like? And it sounds like quickly, you were getting a lot of traction with the business too like what yeah what what did you do in those first few months and like what are the first steps that you took to get the business off the ground and kind of manage the fast growth that you were seeing
1: yeah so the first thing i did was i knew after listening to hundreds of hours of master classes and how i built this the podcast mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I just learned and learned and learned for the previous two years of launching, like tried and true methods of what works and what doesn't work. And what I noticed was tech startups putting a ton of money into the technology, but needing to then change the technology fast. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to take a different approach because I don't have a wide, I'm not an influencer. I don't have a ton of followers off the bat or anything like that. I said, okay, how can I increase brand awareness, but then save money on the technical side? So that's what I did. Saved money on the technical side, hired a PR team. Who? oh my gosh. Allie and Sarah are absolutely amazing. And so they worked with us until the summer to kind of get the word out and spread the word. Not enough people, in my opinion, talk about where they actually put their startup funds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, for some reason, they want to make it seem like it's all organic, but a lot of companies use PR and that's okay. And so that's what we did was we used PR because I didn't have those natural contacts myself. Mm -hmm. So they helped get our foot in the door and get the word out there more that we were a solution because right now we really do have like a two pronged, business case where we need to educate people that we even exist, and then educate people on what is an esthetician. Because people, a lot of people don't even know what an esthetician is. So a licensed skincare professional. And each state Mm -hmm. has their own licensing board. And so it really, the way that we do it is we vet each esthetician. And so that takes a lot of time. And as you can probably tell, I'm very wordy. And with having a lovely PR team who is straight to the point and hits all of those spots that I'm maybe not the greatest at, you know, helped really grow and get traction for our brand. And I'm really grateful for them. I took the approach of hiring and finding and building a team where I lack. So Mm -hmm. I love business development. I love networking. Not so great at, you know, maybe the finances or anything like super analytical. And we have an amazing head of product who is, she has a psychology background, user experience background. So she really gets like our customers and what they want and just how to welcome them into an experience that's online. But we want to make it feel like we're like giving you this hug through the internet. Like, Hey, it's going to be okay. We are here for you and we'll be here for you throughout your journey. So, yeah, that's that's kind of that as far as traction, still working towards getting the word out there. And I think that will always be a something that we're working towards of just getting the word out. My goal is to be a household name so that when people have a skincare question, they know, "Oh, my gosh, I can just go ask an esthetician on Protea. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I. I love that you mentioned. You know, talking about those things that you did put money towards in the beginning, and I, I feel like a lot of the people that we've had on this podcast invested in PR because they did just kind of see it, especially now growing organically on social media, is harder than it was before, and so finding a way to more quickly get your product and your business in the right circles and, you know, getting the right, the features in the right places can be really powerful. And especially for kind of like you said, a business like yours, where you, you are introducing something new. So making sure that the way that you are explaining it like the pitch, I guess, Mm -hmm. is like very quick and very clear. So it makes sense that yeah, like a PR firm would be able to help with that challenge specifically. Yeah. So something that I really love about your business is that it's multifaceted. You you do have, you know, these different parts to it where you do sell your own skincare products, but you then you also have the esthetician consultation service tell me more about the the consultation service part because you know a lot of the people we have on this podcast are just strictly they're selling a product they're e-commerce but having this kind of service side obviously for you it it makes perfect sense and i think it it's really you've done it very cleverly to like have both included and both Thank be like you. meeting the needs of your customer. So yeah, how has like setting up this consultation service been different than just selling a product online? You know, are there any unique
1: challenges maybe that, that there have been with like setting up that side? So with the consultation side, I kind of love it because with our products, our donations and our consultations, it's kind of this lovely, I think of it as a circle. We're helping one person, you know, one time, and then they can use that product, right? And then for the product, we're getting to then donate to an unhoused woman, we're donating the skin confidence kits. So we're hitting those two types of women where they are in their life. And then we're hitting the women who are looking for more of a long term solution and might have a very Specific problem that they want help with on the consultation side. So, my goal and my like personal motto is I want women to feel more confident because I was here. And so, I want to be able to help all women feel more confident, no matter their socioeconomic situation. And so, with the consultation side of our business, that's extremely robust and that. There is so much that goes into that. And it's been so fun because we have to, we basically pick the best of the best estheticians to show up on our site because the amount of skill that it takes to not only have to speak about the products. But the depth of knowledge that you have to have on all of these different products and not just recommend like one line because they carry that one line, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the way that we do it is it's more educational. So somebody might even come to the platform and say, hey, I'm using all of these products and I'm still getting breakouts. And our esthetician might say, okay, cool. Keep all of your products, remove two of them, and let's try that. Like mm-hmm. we're really about educating with what you have, but then also recommending if you need. But it's a different type of experience than if you were to just go to get a facial, and they're going to recommend the products that they carry in their back bar in their in their salon or spa, excuse me. So building that side of the business as a so it's a double sided marketplace which is the hardest business model to build. And our, one of our board members, Mindy, who's a renowned esthetician, she's always like, Mackenzie, you picked the hardest business to build. It'll take, it'll take off, but this is really hard. And, and she's right. Like it has been, it's, it's really hard, but because I truly believe that it's such a need and we see it with the feedback that we get from people. Like, one in four Protea clients are men. Like we are hitting a very interesting pain point for the male population of, hey, I have these skincare questions. I don't have the time to go to the dermatologist. I don't want what the dermatologist is offering me. And I have nowhere else to go, but I want privacy. So it's like we're hitting all of these pain points that we wouldn't have even known, you know. Back in March when I launched, if you had told me that that was going to be a statistic for our business, I would have said, "Nah, I'm not sure about that." <laughs> and we even had we had an NFL player book with us actually, and he like it just I I literally teared up because he got what we were doing. He was like, mm-hmm. "I see myself in this esthetician, and I feel comfortable to ask her my questions," and that uh-huh. just like. That's why we're here. Like, that's why we're doing what we're doing.
0: hmm Yeah. Amazing. So you also – you mentioned your give back side of the business with your skin confidence kits, which is amazing and I would love to hear because I, I feel like a lot of founders – they want to do good through their business. They want to have some kind of give back initiative, but maybe they don't know like what's the best approach or, you know, just kind of how to go about it. Do you have any advice? And I'll explain if people didn't understand like with your when people buy your skincare products, it's like a one for one. You yep. donate a skin confidence kit for each of your mm-hmm. products that people buy. So, yeah. Do you have any advice on yeah. how to integrate something like that into a business?
1: Yeah. So if you're starting off, I started off knowing that I was going to do that. So mm-hmm. I used to volunteer at a low barrier women's shelter and I would get donated skincare products and bring them to this shelter. And so seeing the women use the products and seeing their just demeanors completely change when they could go through the self care ritual of getting ready for bed at night when we would have bathroom time and just everybody would be chatting and it just opened everybody up. It was absolutely fascinating. And so I knew in the back of my head, I always wanted to do something that gave back that way. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was a non-negotiable. We were going to do the buy one, donate one model always. And so if you don't go into the business knowing that, I would just think long and hard about why you're in business. So what can you do to facilitate some helping somebody else, right? So if you're an e-commerce business, maybe you don't have the margins to do a buy one, donate one. That's totally fine. But maybe you're really, really, I was talking actually to another founder of a boutique yesterday. She's very environmentally savvy, loves giving back. And so for every 10 items that are bought, they plant a tree. And so mm-hmm. just kind of thinking creatively, and it doesn't have to be a one-to-one. It can be whatever your business is comfortable doing, but just making it a priority and and sticking with it is really, you know, I, I say to our team a lot of the time. It's not hard to be a good business. Like it's really not hard to be a good business. And that's why I'm in business, to be a good business. Because we need more good businesses, good to the core businesses out there. And I'm really hoping that by what we're doing, other people say, hey, must not be that hard. Like I'm going to try that. And also you can try a giving back campaign and like maybe it doesn't work. That's okay. Just keep trying until you hit the right thing totally cool. That's the best part about business is iterate, iterate, iterate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that advice. And one thing that I feel like some of the other guests that I've had on this podcast, we haven't talked about a ton is balancing entrepreneurship and being a parent. So I know you have. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear how that's been for you because it's something that a lot of, especially female founders who are our moms, like it's a big discussion. One, I'm curious, what does your like typical day look like managing both family and running the business? And then are there any tips or tools that have helped you? I feel like I hate using the word like balancing (laughs) because there's no such thing as balance, I don't think, in this case, but I'm trying to achieve it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So balance. I use the word prioritize. and mm, that's, that's a better that's word. I, think. I just try and prioritize. I'm not the greatest with, like, prioritizing my relationship with my husband, we were high school sweethearts so luckily he just kind of gets me without having to to really put in like that much effort which sounds so crazy but this phase in our life like we are just like heads down like we're raising kids we both have our careers and so with him i try my very best to prioritize quality time and the things that i know he appreciates so like if it's just you know, like preparing a snack for him. Like he loves acts of giving or whatever.
0: And mm-hmm. so I'll do that
1: with the kids, it's quality time. So I prioritize that. So taking them to school, my husband and I always switch off. Like I truly have like a 50 50 parenting with my husband. I am so daggone lucky, um, which allows me to do this because I do have mm-hmm. to travel for work a lot. So he really holds down the port. But so I just prioritize what means the most to the people in my family and then as far as a typical day goes oh my gosh okay everybody's gonna think I'm insane but I'm an early morning person because it is what it is my kids turned me into that and so I, I typically unless I and I try and give myself grace so my one-year-old and three-year-old will still sometimes wake up at night and so if that's the case then I sleep till seven like it is what it is you need Mm -hmm. your brain to be top notch to be doing this. So Mm -hmm. sleep is ideal. But I wake up at five, I drink my coffee, I kind of, I don't formally meditate, but I really just like, take deep breaths and just like sit and take in my environment. Think about what I'm grateful for. I love practicing gratitude. It really has rewired my brain. Because now, when I'm stressed out or I have negative thoughts, they change much more quickly into, well, I'm really grateful that my kids are healthy. You know, if they're mm-hmm. having a temper tantrum or something like that, like I really have changed the way that I think. And so it makes it a lot easier to prioritize and balance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get up at five and then from about five to seven meditate and work. So I'll do the big brain tasks because I'm a morning person. So those big strategic, critical thinking type things I do in the morning before my kids get up. And then by the time my kids get up, it's seven to eight, get them ready, get them out the door, fed, blah, blah, blah. And then I will get ready for the day. I typically like to do that before, but you know, things happen. So Mm -hmm. get ready. Um, And then by nine o'clock, I am either at our warehouse or I'm working, you know, like today, working from home, meeting with team members, typically on Mondays. Like today, I'll meet with everybody on our team and we'll do our one on ones And then on Sundays, I meal prep. That's the only way through like the week is I have to meal prep and then get the kids home, get them fed, bathed. And then at night, I know people like will work and burn the midnight oil. That's just not me. Like my brain just can't do that. It's not good work. So that's when I take the time to like relax. I love to read. I love to go for walks and listen to Audible or podcasts. So kind of how I like to end my day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I cannot work at night either. I I wish. I wish. Yeah, my I don't know. My, my brain just can't handle it. I'm always falling asleep early. Any
1: same. <laughs> but yeah, but
0: I it's always interesting. Thank you for sharing that because it's always interesting to see really like how like what the schedule kind of looks like and making a schedule work for your you know, life and yeah, that I don't know, working 9 to 5 is not necessarily the like end all be all that I love, especially love hearing about where people realize what times of day they work the best and like prioritizing work hours around that. So overall, whenever you think about the future of the skincare industry, what are some of the positive changes that you hope to see in the coming years and, you know, changes that you're working to bring about yourself with
1: Protea? So overall industry-wise, I hope that we get better about greenwashing. I hope mm. that we get better about what we put on our packaging, marketing, and we stop kind of taking advantage of the consumer based on trendy language. Going back to it's not hard to be a good business. I really hope that that we do that and put people over profit. Um for Protea and the future of Protea, I'm hoping, and along our kind of like strategic plan, is to start moving into more wellness. So, having a place that you can go to for nutritionists or even a virtual yoga session, just so that we can help the whole person feel more confident in their skin. And I chose to start with estheticians because that's the least known. So if we can crack the code with that, then everything else will fall into place. Um, So building out this platform that really just helps people be totally their whole person, their whole self and feel confident in their skin.
0: Yeah, amazing. And speaking of like future plans, what's, in your, you know, bucket list or, or like future dreams for Protea, you know, anything that you're currently working on that you can share. And of course, if there are things you can't share, that's fine too. But yeah, like what's, what's your, your dream for like the next five years?
1: Five, okay. So five years, my five year plan is to become acquired. I am mm. building the business to sell and then create more good businesses. And right now, this is my first problem to solve. And so Mm -hmm. I think as I go through this process, I'm learning a ton. Um, I think this will be my hardest uphill battle. And then finding another problem to solve. I love solving problems. And so I think I'm going to be one of those people who, okay, I have a goal, I'm going to solve a problem. And then I'm going to hand it off to somebody who is really good at managing business growth. Somebody who is good at long-term growth of a business is different than somebody who starts a business. And I really mm-hmm. think that then at our five-year mark we'll really be ready for somebody else to take us to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because that's not, that's not the goal of every business owner. Some people are like, I want to keep control of this forever, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, but I love that. Cause I think that also like speaks to your values too, that you genuinely just want this to help mm-hmm. the most people. And I think it's amazing that you kind of like recognize that in order to like f- achieve that goal, that maybe having someone else come in to help you with that at some point is what is needed so totally. yeah. thank you thank you so from everything that you've accomplished so far as a founder what would you say you're the most proud of that's a
1: big question so uh, if you need some time to um, so that's
0: okay.
1: I'm most proud of the team that I've built and the fact that like a lot of them are working without salaries, like we're still a startup. Mm-hmm. And they believe in the mission enough to put in time that it is unpaid. And I think that says a F ton about the people that we have working with us. Mm-hmm. I really like, I, I love, 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 love the people. And that's what that's how we've gotten this far is, is our people.
0: hmm. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much. This is such a great conversation. And yeah, just thank you for being so generous with your time and sharing all the things that you've learned and everything. Final thing, where can people find you and follow Protea? Check out your consultation service, check out your products, check out everything. Yeah. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So www.book, B-O-O-K, Protea, dot com Or on Instagram, book.protea, and then on TikTok, book.protea. I would love some more TikTok followers. We're working our booties off to (laughs) get the TikTok up and going. It's so much more fun. Kind of loving TikTok at the moment. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I will share
0: links to all of that um, in the show notes. And just thank you so much again.
1: Of course. Thanks so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. Thanks
0: so much for tuning in to another episode of the HeartLed Brand. If you want to follow along on our guest's journey, support them, check out everything that they are doing. All of the links will be in our show notes, and we will see you again next week for another interview with an amazing, thoughtful founder.